Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello, Joe. How's it going? Good. I'm here with my dog. Are you there with your dog? I know. My doggy, too. Well, you know, I can't be here with my doggy because if I was, he'd be barking <laughs> right now. And you're probably going to hear him barking. You know, so Aww. maybe during the course of talking to this gentleman today about um, his dog food company, maybe he could give us some pet tricks and tips for the care of our dogs and discipline of our dogs. We'll find out in a second anyways, because on the line with us right now, Megan, is Pete Brace, and he is Vice President of Communications, and get this, Megan, Pet Parents Relations Love it. for Merrick Pet Care. Hey, Pete, how's it going? Hey, Joe. Hey, Megan. Um, <laughs> glad to be with you all. And, I love the, you know, you Merrick, the pet, we appreciate Pete? pets. We appreciate pets on conference calls and podcasts. <laughs> I well, love it. Yeah, we can, we can, it's, it's bring your pet to the podcast day. <laughs> Absolutely. Like hey, I think that's a future, I think that's a future pet holiday for I sure. I know, I think that's definitely it. But hey, I love, we've had many people, we've done over 200 episodes of this show, Pete, and we've never had anyone on with the title Pet Parent Relations. <laughs> Try to say that 10 well, times fast, uh, Megan, huh? There you go. The uh, the alliteration, especially popping peas on any podcast relation yeah. related uh, yeah. uh, program, yeah. uh, go, going back to the radio days. Yeah. Um, no, we we certainly put the pet parent and the pet at everything at the center of everything we do, and and certainly that title is representative of it. What it means is all of the interactions that we have with folks that have pets. Um, whether they be our, our um, you know, customers or not, um, we do uh, think very highly of them. And so we, we've kind of uh, treated them the way they like to be treated and the way they consider themselves, which are really the pet parent. Um, and so it's been a, a it's been a fun uh, few years working yeah. uh, with yeah. that. I bet. Now tell us, you have this great partnership that you've been that's been going on, I think, for about three years now with Canines for Warriors. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about the organization first of all, and how you got involved with them. Well, I'm happy to, and thanks for the opportunity. Sure. Um, you know, it started three years ago. Actually, we were looking for a partner that certainly uh, resembled or exemplified the human-animal bond. Because at Merrick, that's really what we are about, and we're, at, we're central to that human-animal bond at a very critical time when they're actually feeding and taking care of their pet. And so we thought, what is the right partnership that not only um, gives reverence to that human-animal bond, but also speaks to the cultural values that we have as a company. We're a, a Texas-based Americana company, um, and our culture is very service-oriented. And so as a result, uh, Canines for Warriors was introduced to us, actually, uh, coincidentally, by the Grammys. The Grammys have something to yeah. do with this. Um, mm. So they were actually at the same time looking for a pet food sponsor um, and a pet food sponsor to an actual partnership 
membership are two different things. Um, yes. There's a lot of folks that either donate food or write a check, and certainly our partnerships and what we call our signature partnerships, which is what Canines is to us, is not an example of that. We we actually get very very involved and deep and steep a step um, steeped within the organizations that we partner with, and Canines for Warriors is exactly that type of organization. They really offer returning veterans a home to heal, mm. uh, and then they pair them with a rescue dog to help them overcome the challenges that they're suffering from post-traumatic stress disability. And it's really a win-win because it saves not only the veteran's life, but also the rescue animal's life. And so when you were approaching or thinking about this partnership, you wanted a cause to sort of bring your brand to life. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. Um, we knew that um, certainly, you know, we had had done well and, and doing good does good for the business. And we certainly understand that concept. And so this this partnership really exemplified the human animal bond, which is what we think we stand for. And certainly what our mission is, is to create the most nutrition and wholesome food for to kind of um, symbolize that human animal bond, because mm. that's really the time when pet parents connect with their pets is at feeding time. Um, and, you know, and we call it Merrick meal time, if you will. Um, and so that's certainly what this partnership does because it's another connection and another way that, um, the animal and the human bond. Um, and, you know, we've, we've extended this partnership. You know, I talked about that it, it went from a pet food sponsorship to a true partnership. You know, mm -hmm. it's multifaceted. Not only we, do we feed and treat the pets that reside at Canines for Warriors in Florida, but we also um, have contributed money for research. And then we're now actually, um, you know, have just launched a line of food that specifically brings attention to the, the cause and Canines for Warriors and pro proceeds from the purchases during July will go to that organization. You know, our contribution to them is upwards of a million dollars now. And um, we're pretty proud of that. We're certainly their number one, um, you know, donor, if you will. But it's because of the quality work that they do. Well, the, you know, what's interesting about something like that, too, uh, Pete, is you just, I mean, it's only a few years that you folks have really been involved with this partnership, but it's something that grew very quickly. And the fact that you already have branded products out there supporting the organization, that's a pretty aggressive timeline and, and pretty great, too, that you did something like that. Well, Joe, it's important, you know, you kind of have a sense of what it takes to do that. Mm, yeah. and you're it doesn't happen overnight, that's for sure. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't happen overnight, and it is till you know, for the most part, still a pretty um, you know immature relationship from a time standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say it probably rivals many longer-term relationships in the nature of the two partnership. Uh, you know, both organizations were at the same stage of development, which I think was a key um, to how we could not only deal with the the needs that we and the shared objectives of the partnership itself, but kind of understand where each organization was from a, from a growth standpoint. You know, egos were checked at the door. It was really about a genuine commitment to figure out how we could best partner to advance the cause. And, you know, given my experience, I think that's really what it takes. It really takes um, genuine professional people coming to the table and figuring out how can, you know, they get to that shared agenda. And, and I think we certainly did that. And really, as I said, the human animal bond was the linchpin um, for this whole thing, because that's what they stand for. That's what we stand for. And so authentically, it made a ton of sense. Um, so, so, you know, I, I, I do think there, there were some things to make it um, 
mature as quickly mm-hmm. as it did because some of the elements were you, right. You know, one of the thing I think is interesting based on what you said, though, Pete, is you in the organization were kind of at the same place at the same time. And, you know, Megan, that's not something we hear a lot on the show, but that's very mm-hmm. interesting, isn't it? You know, in the sense like, and, you know, that's the thing, too. I think when we're talking about partnerships so often, it's, you know, when I talk to nonprofits and businesses and stuff like that, a lot of times I'm car- encouraging them, like, find a business that needs you or find a nonprofit that needs you and really senses the importance of that. And it's not just like you're calling someone and saying, oh, great, another nonprofit or another company wants to give X, Y, Z to us. You know, I I, I think you're right. Um, and that was not on purpose. Yeah, right. But I think as we got into as we, but it could be potentially for others going forward. I think for this, it, it just was kind of a huge insight that some of the growing pains that they were going through as an organization. For instance, they were building a, a huge new campus where they could bring because it's you know what's different about this uh, organization with service dogs is it's actually a residential program. Mm. So the veterans actually come and physically live there for three and a half weeks and are paired and bonded to that animal. Wow. And in advance, cool. they're, um, so it's, it's, it's the depth of service and uh, services that the organization provides is, is, is not just the dog itself, <laughs> mm. uh, which in and of itself is significant. Um, it's, it's huge, but it's also the, the emotional understanding of where the service member is coming from, what other challenges they may have in order to retain the dog, whether it be financial, legal, et cetera. So it's really somewhat of a one-stop shop, um, my words, not theirs, in terms of helping the veteran kind of return to civilian life. And I will tell you, that service animal is the linchpin of it, Mm. because once they are paired with that animal – the level of security that they have, you know, the, the canines folks refer to it as a battle buddy, because in the military, oftentimes battle buddies are what you're partnered with in in combat, and mm. that's what they're used to. And so they come back home, and they don't necessarily have that battle buddy. And this service animal has their back. There is a level of trust there, and then there's an awareness on the animal's part to understand where the veteran is in terms of their emotional um, stability. So, for instance, if, you know, and we've talked to many of the veterans, and sometimes they'll talk about their service and they get emotional, and it's amazing to see their service dog react to them Hmm. because of the chemicals they're producing and the the dog can sense. Wow. and so it's a phenomenal thing, and it really does matter. And we're working with them to get research um, underway um, that will once and for all prove the effectiveness of uh, a service dog with a member with PTSD. Wow, that's incredible. That's something I think thing, is huh? so interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible. But that, it's something I, I think is interesting and I think we are seeing more of is companies supporting research to, I'm thinking, Joe, of the Whirlpool episode when they were talking about yeah. washing kids' clothes at school and, you know, all of the impacts that that had that wasn't necessarily clean clothes. So I'm just – I've seen a lot more of that company supporting research to kind of prove the impact. Can you talk a little bit about why that was important to you and to Canines for Warriors? Well, you know, it's one of the barriers to actually get to the ultimate goal. Currently, a service dog is not seen as – by the Veterans Administration, so by our government, is not seen as a suitable treatment option 
Really? I can't believe that. I mean, you know, I mean, the the amount of pills they must be pushing on these guys. And here is the opportunity, like, to get some real therapy. And I, I bet when you look at the cost of it compared to some of these other medical treatments, it would be nothing. And and that's exactly what the research is designed to do, to wow. show that there is an effective, it is an effective intervention. Something that intuitively we know, but yet the science isn't there to prove it just yet. And so... Yeah. We're, we're working with the Purdue University Center for the Human-Animal Bond and Canines for Warriors. And recently, we, in fact, this week, we announced um, a grant that NIH is providing to conduct research going forward that will ultimately, hopefully, prove um, this and be satisfactory for the Veterans Administration and our government to see that service dogs are absolutely a suitable intervention. And once, they, once it's recognized, then the onus becomes on the organizations that are providing the services of the service dogs to get to a consistent program and, and implementation because the need is there. Mm-hmm. The demand and the need is certainly there. The challenge is scaling to a level to be able to meet that demand. So over the past three years, and it's interesting, I think, um, how fast and how successful successfully causes really grown over the past few years in terms of how many businesses we see kind of integrating purpose into their business was there kind of an aha moment for you pete in putting this program together where you were like you know there is really an opportunity to help this organization and to help merrick uh by creating this branded pet food yeah, I, I think, you know, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but it was really an aligning. Hmm. So from, uh, from, you know, I would say there were a lot of alignments that came together, yeah. certainly that were intended and some that weren't intended. But I think culturally, we are very much um, made in America, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, revere Americana. It's very much a part of our culture. And then I would also say for the pet parents that over the last few years that we've had a chance to get to know, the pet passion and the human and animal bond is something that's instinctive yeah. to them. Yeah. They they absolutely get this because that's the relationship in some ways they have with their animal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so understanding those two kind of connections only made it um, more um, – more prevalent that that's that this is the type of organization that we needed to partner with. Hmm. I would say the core of it is really about the human animal bond and canines for warriors is a wonderful example of where the human animal bond really, really, really matters. Pete, do you think that maybe, I mean, nothing compared to what our soldiers have been through, but I've been through over 200 podcasts with Megan. And That's true. I just want That's to tell you, you want to talk about post-traumatic stress. I mean, <laughs> is there any way that maybe I could go to Florida for three weeks and they could pair me up with a dog to help me through these you days? You have a dog. I'm, but Charlie's sure not trained, them. Megan. I need a trained dog <laughs> to help with the well, abuse. Well, and you know, you suffered. bring up a good point because not every dog is a service dog. That's right. The yeah. training. The dog. Yeah. So the dog is identified well in advance of ever being paired with the warrior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because a lot of times they're puppies. Mm-hmm. And so then they're, you know, they're rescued when they are puppies or a younger, uh, younger dog, and then they're trained. And the first kind of screen is they've got to make sure that the dog is, um, you know, viable right. as a service dog. Is it, do they do they work with particular types of dogs, Pete? Like, I mean, do they only use German shepherds or no? But they're rescues. But I mean, I mean, you know, right. are you going to go there one day and get a corgi? You know what I mean? Like a little dog. No, there, <laughs> no, there, there, there are yeah. certain. There are certain breeds. There See, are certain Megan, breeds good they, question. 
there, there are certain breeds that they look to, and there are certain breeds that they don't. For instance, you know, I would say Labradors, given that it is probably the most prevalent um, uh, dog breed, is certainly one that they do uh, see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can't always control it because they are rescuing yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Um, they do try to stay away from dogs that may cause the service member to have more anxiety. Mm. Um, so there might be some breeds that aren't as seen as favorable that they may not in this instance, while they might be a suitable service dog, may not pair them with a veteran because mm-hmm. of how the other challenges or the other anxiety that it may cause. Um, and then I would say sometimes the veteran has a speci- special needs that not only do they train over 200 commands, I think it is, for any one of their dogs, but then they can tailor it depending on any other kind of health challenges that the veteran might have that they have to address. Um, and so they, they do somewhat try to pair as best they can, given the lead times, the right animal with the right veteran. Um, so I, I do think there is somewhat of a science and an art to figuring out which dogs are going to be good service dogs. And canines is very um, skilled at that. In fact, I think they've been working on an application to actually help other people help them identify yes. um, service dogs or potential service dogs because they go all over the country to get these dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned hypoallergenic. There's certain breeds that are more hypoallergenic, yep. and that might be an issue for for a veteran. And so they they try to accommodate those needs. So they really, you know, you joke about going down there in some mm. ways, but. To see it is absolutely to believe it. And we do have some videos and things that bring it to life, but the campus that they've created is remarkable. The environment and the culture that they've created is remarkable because, again, these warriors are home. It's their home for three-plus weeks, and they call it a home to heal, and I think it's absolutely that and more. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about the product because you've actually branded – part of your product line called Heroes Banquet, correct? And is that specifically for Canines for Warriors? Um, um, you mentioned that in July absolutely. a portion absolutely. was going to them, we, but is it ongoing? Like, is it is it a limited release, or what's yep. what's the deal nope, with the... No, nope. we have year-round items that we launched in March of this year, a part okay. of our Merrick Backcountry line, which is an ancestral um, raw diet. And there's three recipes called Hero's Banquet. We have a dry food, a wet food, and then a treat that are branded Hero's Banquet and carry on the back of the package all the information about Canines for Warriors and the good work they do. And then during certain times of the year, we have promotional periods, and July is certainly one of those, that if you purchase um, a Merrick Heroes Banquet, we will make a contribution to Canines for Warriors um, for the for the sale of that product. And I can tell you the products have already been arriving at stores, and the reception by our community and others has been phenomenal. Not only is it a great high-quality food that provides great nutrition for any, for any dog, um, but it also has this wonderful cause element to it because it's promoting the awareness of this organization. And we've started to share with our community on Facebook and all our social media, you know, um, videos and things that we've created with Canines for Warriors to kind of bring the story more forward, um, to, to bring awareness to this cause and this effort, not only the research uh, lacking and, and funding necessary and all that, but also the recipes and, and, and the good stories behind these people. What, was, what were they like before they were paired with a service dog to actually going home for the first time with the service dog? Hmm. And it's amazing what remarkable remarkable difference. Um, and talk about impact. How do you put a measure, a KPI, a value on the impact that that has? 
you can. So, I mean, what's interesting about this too, Pete, is you've been doing cause for a long time. Um, before the show, we were talking about that you had been with Kraft, I think you said, and Tropicana. What you're doing with Merrick, do you see this as the future of marketing? Will this be something that we'll see more brands, more types of products that are cause-related? Or is this just a special instance? I mean, there are, I mean, you, you folks, as you know, you're not the first to do this. But, you know, there's not a ton out there, too, because it, it reflects a really higher relationship than most businesses have with their cause partners. Do you see this as we'll see more of this in the years ahead, though? Well, you know, I've been involved, in, as you said, with a lot of different organizations and a lot of different um, businesses. And I think cause to me, and I think where I've seen it work really successful, it's not a once and done. It is not a short term, you know, layup or a promotion, which is a short term nature. It is a long term commitment. Um, and knowing what the cause is and then knowing the right partners to co- partner around that cause are two different things. Yeah. So partners may change from time to time, but mm-hmm. what you stand for and what you're about from a cause standpoint, yeah. you know, should, um, should not. Um, and so I think you, you do see this. I do think as millennials, you know, are, are, are using more of their spending dollar. They care about organizations, not just say they're doing good, mm-hmm. but the organization that are doing good. And I will tell you from our employee line up to our CEO and everybody in between, everyone understands this cause. Everyone would do what they need to do. Our employees out of their own pockets have paid to sponsor dogs for canines at uh-huh. the tune of $10,000 a pop. Wow. It's, um, yeah. it's impressive when you align the right cause with the right culture and the right partner, what a combination it can be. We talked earlier before we hit the record button a little bit about just the importance of having a business benefit to these programs as well. So can you just talk to us a little bit about what Merrick sees as the business benefit of this new brand and this partnership? Right. How do you measure that? Well, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's two things. I think one, it's certainly the goodwill and making sure that everyone knows that you know, the company behind the good food that they feed their pets is as as a good a company as it is in in the bag of food that they feed their pet every day. So I think there's certainly goodwill to it. I mm-hmm. think the other aspects from a measurable standpoint are the, the new audience and the opportunity to introduce Merrick um, through a powerful program to a, a wider audience. Um, you know, we're involved with um, the Megan Levy movie, and it's just now rolling out nationally. Um, and it's about a military dog, again, the human-animal bond. It's about a military dog that is um, basically retired to her handler, um, pet parent, um, when she goes home, uh, from active service. Um, and it's a powerful story, and we're actually working with the film to actually get the word out because, again, it's about the human-animal bond. And I think there is a business benefit um, to to aligning yourself. And it's exposed us to many more people in the military, not in the military. Many people have a military family member or have lost a military family member or have a military family member that's come home with PTSD. So, you know, this is something that's certainly resonant. And so I think expanding to new audiences is certainly a benefit that has been measurable. And we know that from some of the data that we're tracking about those that have already purchased Merrick Heroes Banquet Backcountry, that they're new to Merrick. 
um, from a franchise standpoint. So there are ways to certainly make it business beneficial. But if you go into a partnership saying what's in it for me and only what's in it for me, Mm -hmm. I think you'll lose. The residual things from doing good a lot of times will take care of itself. Not to say we're not monitoring some of those KPIs, but doing the right thing is the first um, dimension and then having it reap a business benefit is the second. Right, right. And what we've discovered with a lot of people that we've had on the show, Pete, is what you really end up doing is you create a bigger pie than you ever could just by throwing money at a cause from the corporate checkbook. Truly. And, you know, the way to connect, I mean, with this particular cause, the connection and the emotion that it, because it's so relevant, people can totally relate to it on a number of different levels. Whether, again, they have a service member, you know, in the family or a friend or or what have you, if they have a dog that they've got that same relationship with. There's so many ways that people can connect with it that I do think it makes it a very powerful program. Fantastic. Well, Pete, thank you so, so much for sharing a little bit more about your partnership with Canines for Warriors. If people want to find out more about you or this program online, how might they do that? Well, I think one way to do that, certainly from a Merrick standpoint, is visit us at www.merrickpetcare.com. And then if they're in particular interested in the Canines for Warriors program, hit um, forward slash Canines for Warriors. And it certainly details our partnership. And over the next few weeks, they'll be seeing even more information there. And then personally, you can find me on Twitter at Pete Brace. Um, and, and I'd love to connect with folks. Excellent. Thank you, Pete. How about you, Joe? Where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me talking to Pete at Joe Waters on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, too, at SelfishGiving.com. Make sure to sign up for my email newsletter. Get my five-day mini course on cause marketing. And finally, don't forget all those pins on Pinterest, Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good which is where you can also find show notes for today's episode, engageforgood.com, as well as selfishgiving.com. And while you're online, be sure to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio and iTunes so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Pete and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time. 